There are some sensitive topics such as suicide and self-harm and death in this episode. If you're not comfortable with that, I would suggest leaving. Welcome back to the New You So Well podcast. Today we'll be talking about my own personal story starting when I was younger. I hope this story can convince some people that they aren't alone in their struggles. When I was 12, my friend, mother, stepfather, sister, and I went camping at this little Russian camp called Kespe in southern Minnesota. Being the stupid kids that we were, we were running around, play fighting, and playing with fire. Somehow my parents weren't paying attention, and we got our hands on some bug spray and a lighter. For the people that don't know what that does, it's essentially a makeshift flamethrower. I'm sure you can see where this is going. He ended up burning his hand. On Tuesday, June 14th, 2016, him and his sister died in a house fire in Ohio while staying at his aunt's house. As a 12-year-old, that destroyed me, having a friend that I last saw barely a month or two ago die. To this day, we still believe that the little burn he got at the campsite was a sign of what was to come. At the same time I was going through that, I saw my girlfriend at the time slowly drift away from me onto someone new. Granted, this was a middle school relationship, so take this with a grain of salt, but it still sucked. The feeling of watching someone you cared about so dearly ever so slowly slip away from you and you can't do anything about it is, for lack of better words, torture. On one day while walking through downtown Wyzetta, a small little town in Minnesota, I snapped. I dumped her then and there, and it was bad. I got home, I was screaming, crying, whatever. That marked the downward spiral of my mental health. This was my first time dealing with it, and it hit me like a 300 Mack truck deluxe. (laughs) If you couldn't tell, making light of the situation, or just a joke to brighten the mood, is what helped me get through it. Have you ever cried for so long that you had no more tears left to shed? When you're sitting there pretty much choking to death on tears that won't come out? It's not a great feeling, and I want it out. Like, I didn't want to feel like I was walking through a dark forest alone with nothing to protect me. As a man in society, or at least in the U.S., it feels like it's kind of ingrained into people's heads that real men don't cry. Foreign parents, at least my own, didn't understand why I was so sad. You have food on the table, a roof over your head, and a bed to sleep on. Why are you so depressed? In my head, I somehow convinced myself that they aren't wrong. There are people who have it so much worse than I do. Why am I crying? By invalidating my own feelings, I built a metaphorical shell around myself to shield anyone from knowing what happened because men aren't supposed to cry. By pushing those feelings away, I just built a dam to stop them from coming out. The water doesn't go anywhere until that dam starts cracking, and crack is exactly what it started doing. After a few weeks of being distant, isolating myself from anyone and anything, 
and feeling like I didn't care about anything anymore is when bursts of sadness came and they were especially bad for me. This next section is where the suicidal thoughts, actions, and self-harm come into play. I would click off now if you're not comfortable with it. I would also like to add that I am in no way promoting self-harm or suicide. I'm just explaining what it felt like to myself. Sometimes, whenever the bursts of sadness and pain would resurface, I would cry for about an hour and then feel dead for the rest of the day. Other times, I would go to the kitchen, grab a knife, and start cutting slits into my arms, not to kill myself, but to feel some form of release. It hurt incredibly badly, but at the same time, it felt like every time the knife would cut deeper, it would release more and more pressure off the damn quotations. Sometimes it wasn't enough. I would decide, well, there's nothing left for me anymore, and uh, I'd get a rope. Since I'm incredibly stupid and thought that it was an amazing idea to tie the noose to a shower pole, you know, the one that hold up your shower curtains, I wasn't thinking straight and didn't realize they weren't meant to hold humans too. I would tie it, put it around my neck, and step off the bathtub to strangle myself to death because the ledge wasn't high enough to break my neck. Luckily, it fell off and I was safe and sound, but even when it would fail and I got the message of thank God I'm still alive, I would also think nothing can ever go right in my life. I would try other methods, but none of them worked, thankfully. I'm not going to go further into it. I would start playing video games even more than I already did just to get my mind off things, and it worked, but I became incredibly antisocial, and I barely left my room unless it was to get food, use the bathroom, or go to school. My mother was surprised to see me out of my room once in a while, not necessarily what I wanted to hear, but it was all in good favor. I would stay up until 2, 3 a.m. most nights, sometimes not sleeping at all, and just continue the cycle of wake up, skip breakfast, go to school, go home, play video games, maybe sleep. It's not a healthy cycle, but I mean, whatever works, you know. One good thing from staying up so late playing video games while being on calls with the boys or just other people, you know, while clowning on other players. Late night calls with my old online friend. I call him Apex. Those calls would be the funniest things I have ever done. We would stay up until 3, 4 a.m., sometimes 5, just laugh at jokes we made or making fun of each other. I swear, on my life, I almost died laughing half the time. We would sit on Roblox all day and make fun of little kids, either by beating them at their own game or just being flat out disrespectful. I'm not gonna go into it, uh, it's kinda mean. After many times doing that, I had the realization that I don't constantly feel sad anymore. I don't know whether I pushed them away so far that I forgot about the sadness itself or I just got over it, but the moral of the story is laughter heals anything, mentally. Just don't invalidate yourself in the hopes of feeling better because self-deprecation is not going to help you. It'll only lower your self-esteem. Thank you for listening to episode two of the New You So Well podcast. Sorry about the bad audio quality. I was recording it on the iPad, but I'm not about to re-record it. So yeah, you have a good day. Don't get shot. <laughs>